I arrived at school one morning when I was about 13, 14 years old and my friends crowded around saying, is it true? Are the headlines true? And uh, I said, yeah, I think they are. Because the headlines that day uh, were that uh, Church of England clergy were being paid below the poverty line. And my friends were amazed that that was the case. So it wasn't about me at all, in case you wondered. But, uh, um, but it was something as a preacher's kid that I was very aware of. And uh, looking back, I can see how that financial situation shaped the way that I thought about finances, the way that I responded. Um, so the lack of income as a child led to a poverty mindset instead of a blessing or a generosity mindset. And there were times when I really wanted to be generous, but just there was something that stopped me doing that. And God's gradually been uh, bringing healing for that to the extent that when we started this church, there was, there was no job. Uh, there was no income. And so for the first five years, uh, it took five years until there was a full income. And for about the first year or something, there was no income at all. And so God provided every month. It was pretty scary at times, but that was a largely to do with my fears that God was dealing with. But um, he was faithful every single time. Um, so there have been situations where I found it very difficult because I was afraid, is there going to be enough? Our experiences through life affect what we believe and how we see ourselves, how we see God, our identity. So last time we looked a little bit about our identity and how it lies in the part of our brain called the supraconscious which runs at 200 times faster than our conscious mind. And so if your identity has shaped you a particular way, that's the way you respond. And you may not want to respond that way. But if you're carrying broken identity wounds, those kinds of things, which we all are, then we find ourselves responding. And then a bit later we may think, well, why on earth did I do that? Why did I say that? Why didn't I... And it's because our identity is so, uh, it just operates so much faster than the rest of our brain. So our identity or our broken identity shapes the way that we respond. And as we go through life, we pick up bumps and bruises as well. Some of it comes from uh, early childhood or even in the womb. But right the way through life, we can have bumps and bruises. And that can change the way that we respond to God as well as well as the way that we relate to each other. Uh, it affects our relationship with God and, uh, and our ability to have freedom to be able to respond to him and to do the things that he's called us to do. We don't want our identity to be controlled by circumstances, but by the truth of what God says in the Bible. So I hope you can agree with that that uh, we don't want to be shaped by our circumstances, we want to be shaped by the truth that's in the Bible. So, I wonder, how are you shaped? I wonder if there are areas of our lives that have been shaped by circumstances rather than being shaped by what the Bible reveals to us. The Bible is so important in this area. So let's have a look 
and Ephesians chapter 1. So it says there, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So, on the word searches and uh, up here, how many things can you see? What's the first thing that you can see that is to do with our identity in that passage? And there are no, there are no tricks in there. It's, um, it is rather... Rather like an English lesson at school, isn't it? Uh, hopefully not too much like that. So what's the first thing that you see there to do with our identity? Yeah, we're blessed. Yeah. If we really believe that, I wonder how would our lives change? If we really 100% believed that we are blessed by God, and not just blessed, but blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. You know, if that is true, and I have a sneaky feeling that it is, then what would life look like if we were to, able to let go of the broken stuff and really grab hold of that? Do you think you'd be more confident? Do you think you would be more positive? Maybe bolder? maybe bolder and inviting people to do a discovery discovery study? Do you expect God to bless you in every single situation? To prosper you? To allow you to move forward? Now the Bible does also say that we face problems, don't we? But Jesus says he's overcome the world. So um, what do we expect from God? Or like me, have you been trapped in a poverty mindset so that you're afraid of not having enough, afraid that God won't come through for you? Maybe you've prayed about something really important and it didn't work out the way you thought it would or the way you wanted it to. That can dent our expectation of God. It, it shapes our identity until we find ourselves so shaped by our experiences that we've completely lost touch with the truth of what God says about who we are. So, we are blessed. What's the next one? I know it's Sunday afternoon, but... We are united with Christ. So, what difference will that make to everyday life? If I'm united with Jesus, then I'm not separated from him, ever, no matter what I feel. No matter what I'm going through, I'm not separated from him. I'm not, uh, I'm not rejected by him. I'm not distant from him. God's not distant from me because I'm united with him. Feelings tell us differently, don't they? And uh, feelings can be incredibly deceptive. And you can go one minute feeling incredibly close to God and then something happens and suddenly you've, you've lost that. You've lost that connection. It's one of the reasons why the Emmanuel prayer ministry is so powerful because it helps us to connect with God so when I feel disconnected from Jesus I come back to the truth and I remind myself that I am united with him, that I am one with him and that nothing can separate me from him because that is what the truth says 
So what difference does that make in daily life? Well, I reckon, again, confidence, incredible peace. Peace to be able to face any kind of situation, any kind of storm, and to have peace in the storm, even when everything appears to be going completely wrong. Freedom from worry. Okay, the next one in there. God loves us, that's right, yeah. Uh, so what would change if I really believe that? Um, if I was totally secure in my identity that God loves me, well, while you're thinking about that, Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says, If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then can, can condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he's sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand, pleading or interceding for us. And then it continues. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we're killed every day, we're being slaughtered like sheep. Then he answers the question, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. You know, that, that is the measure of the love, overwhelming victory in any situation. And it's very real, isn't it? He talks about troubles and all those kind of things. And, you know, Paul knew trouble. <laughs> you know, he was left for dead, probably was dead, having been stoned um, and uh, beaten and all those kinds of things. But he was able, in those situations, to have complete peace. So God's love gets rid of the fear that we feel and the things that we dread, and he brings peace and joy to us. And he convinces us that it's going to be okay. And it's good to have that, isn't it? That it's going to be okay. We can boldly step out to do everything that he's called us to do. Because our security is not in our surroundings, but in our, our security is in our relationship with God. So uh, I should have done these for you. God loves us. So what's the next one? I've just missed, changed the passage, haven't I? So, there you are. Next one. He chose us, that's right. Okay, so. Oh, gave you the answer. <laughs> Sneak preview. Uh, God chose us. You know, nobody likes being the last one to be chosen. You know, flashback to school, you know, lining up, choosing the sports teams, and, you know, who's going to be the last one to be picked? And uh, we dread that, don't we? Maybe it never happened to you. Uh, but it breeds insecurity. Will we be chosen? Are we good enough? Do people like us? Will we, will we make it? But when we understand that God loves us and chose us, that he actually wants to be with us, not because he has to, but because he wants to, that he likes what he sees, and he thinks he did a good job when he made us. He calls us his masterpiece. When we believe that, we have incredible security. 
So the last one that uh, you probably didn't have a right time to read, but it's that we are holy and without fault. We were chosen by God to be close to him, united with him. And uh, to be holy means primarily not to be pure, although it leads to that. It means to be separated from something in order to be joined and devoted to something else. And so we are separated from evil, we're separated from our old way of living, from the kingdom of darkness, from our old belief systems, so that we can be completely united, joined to God. So God chose us to be holy and without fault. And he makes it happen. He doesn't just turn around and say, I'm so sorry, but I ran out of time. I uh, just didn't have the bandwidth yesterday to make you, you know, holy and without fault, so you'll just have to remain the, the scumbag that you were before. Now, obviously, God doesn't do that. When God says he's going to do something, he does it. God is faithful to his promises and loving towards all he's made. And uh, God does a perfect job in us of what he sets out to do. God doesn't make mistakes. So your identity is not that you're separated from God. It's not that you're a sinner. It's not that you're a broken person. It's not that you're rejected or a victim. It's not that you're useless or what other tapes, you know, you can fill the blanks in according to the tapes that play in your mind. But your identity is that God chose you because he loves you and he did an amazing job when he rescued you from the kingdom of darkness. And there's more of it to enter into. So I'm presuming that everybody here is human. If you're not sure, just check your pulse, make sure. And uh, if you are human, it means that like everybody else in this room and everybody else on this planet, that you will struggle with some of these issues to do with identity. Maybe things other than I've mentioned so far. None of us is complete in our identity as children of God. And Jesus is inviting us to draw closer, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, to strengthen and confirm, to affirm our identity. So the first thing that we need to do, just to get really practical, is to become aware of where we are carrying a broken identity and uh, where we have false beliefs or ungodly beliefs, where we believe things about ourselves, or about God or about other people that are not actually what the Bible says. And then the second thing is to repent, and that has two parts to it. The first part is to ask God God to forgive us for believing lies instead of the truth. And uh, he forgives very quickly, thankfully. And then we replace the lie with the truth. So, when I feel afraid about not having enough, or catch myself not being generous in a way that I would like to. I come back to God, I ask him to forgive me, and then I affirm the truth that God has blessed me and has promised to always provide enough. And so I replace the lie with the truth. And sometimes I have to do that multiple times every day uh, over different things. So when I feel afraid of what people might think, I don't know if any of you struggle with that one, I come back to God, I ask him to forgive me for entertaining and believing fear and rejection 
and then I affirm and receive the truth that I am chosen, that I'm loved, that nothing can separate me from the love of God, and that I am secure as a child of God. And so I replace the lie with the truth, and gradually the truth sinks in. Sometimes speaking it out loud is really powerful. And God transforms us a bit uh, every day if we cooperate with him in this process. So it really is that simple, uh, but it also takes a lifetime, doesn't it? So God is inviting us to enter into our true identity. You know, a multimillionaire could live on the street as a pauper because they didn't believe that they had access to the money. And I think so often as followers of Jesus, we live as spiritual paupers because we haven't got hold of the truth that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ and all the other bits that we read earlier. So if you spot an area in your life where you recognise that you're living as a pauper, then find some truth in the Bible that helps you to live differently. And, and you know, I mentioned Emmanuel Prayer. I think it's a fantastic tool that God's given us to help us deal with these broken bits of us and also to be able to have some tools for how to draw close to, to Jesus in a practical way. The Bible meditations as well are a fantastic way of doing it. Um, so identity, it's something that God is speaking about, something that is stirring not just in our church but lots of other churches as well. So let's, uh, let's pray together, shall we? All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And Father, we're sorry for the times that we've believed the lie, when we've uh, given way to the half-truths that have affected us, the situations that have uh, bumped us and bruised us, and we ask that you'd help us to find healing for that bruising, that you'd release us into the true identity of who you've made us to be. So Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you help us to understand what it is that you're asking us to respond to today? and help us to be quick to respond to you.